Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and we're joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Mirjam Mirjam Shouten, who goes by Mir, meaning peace in Russian. She brings peace and love on earth by connecting people with each other. She's fluent in French, German, Dutch, and English. Mir is the founder of Talent PR Consultancy and a transformational healer. When she was a child, Mir found she had the ability to heal people, and as an adult, she worked with several mentors to hone her intuitive and psychic gifts, and now works with both people and animals as her clients. Welcome to the show, Mir. It's so good to have you here. Thank you, Maurice and Neil. Yes, I feel great being here. Uh, so tell me, tell me about your journey and, and how you became, uh, you know, a healer and, and, you know, who you work with. Um, and, and just, uh, yeah, let's, let's tell the audience about where you're from. Uh, I was born in the Netherlands and I used to play field hockey and I used to massage the necks of my teammates. And then they said, oh, I've got such a headache. And then I massaged them and the headache was gone. So that's how I found out my hands were healing. And I took over the headache. So that didn't really work. So my mom said, oh, you're 17 now. I'm going to take you to my best friend. She's a healer and she's going to teach you how to not take over the headaches of other people. So she did. And since then, I can take away headaches and now I'm a trained Shambhala master, which means I ask the ladies and lords of Shambhala, like Mary, uh, Jesus, Buddha, to uh, heal somebody via my hands. And it works every time. And you also work with horses too, right? Uh, talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, it was a coincidence. There was a real old horse here in the neighborhood. It was 30 years old. And it wasn't feeling well. It was very skinny. And uh, I healed it. And then the owner said, what did you do? Well, he was very Catholic. So I said, well, I just prayed for your horse. And he was very happy. And so I thought, yeah, I I always liked riding horses and working with them. Um, So I I was cycling here in the neighborhood, saw another horse with a a leg that was very thick. And uh, I healed that one. And I don't know the owner, never spoke to him. So don't know. He doesn't know I did it. And then there's another uh, owner and he had two foals, two small horses who were just born. And one of them um, was also having a problem with, uh, with the leg. And I asked him if I could heal it. And it was laying down in meadow and I healed it. And it, and it got up straight away and it ran away. And he was so surprised. <laughs> yeah. So, so knowing about this gift, I was going to ask the question, knowing about this gift, how did your life change once you knew about it? Um, I tried to um, heal people, but uh, I also had to study because I was only 17 years old. Um, I went to America for one year and I was staying in a Catholic family and they were very Catholic. So I was afraid to talk about it. I never did. I never healed anything when I was in America or anyone, <laughs> any animal or human. 
And then I got back to the Netherlands and I, you know, made some new friends, started studying, studied Arabic and English and French. And well, when someone needed me, I helped them. And I never really did a lot with it until a few years ago when I had to flee my house. My ex-husband hit me and then I uh, healed myself and I started healing other people. So now I ask uh, 70 euro, which is about $70. And the people have to pay me before they get healing and I heal them. But that's not all I do. I also do PR and HR coaching. And I try to bring more love in businesses. And I try to teach CEOs that they should treat their personnel with more love. And if you make every employee an ambassador of your company, they won't leave your company. And if they do, they will find another person to take their place and they will, you know, talk positively about your company. Yeah, a lot of a lot of companies, they know that, right? They know that's the right answer, which is to take, you know, treat your employees with respect and and show them that they're valued and they 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 just don't take it to heart. And it's such a cost factor and it has a really bad, you know, connotation on their business when the when the employees talk badly about it. Um so, so let's talk about. So you you mentioned that you were in a in a relationship that that where your husband hit you. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit more about that and how how you think you were able to find the strength to leave? Oh, I had to leave because the police said you better leave or, or next time you'll be dead. <laughs> but um, well, um, I was in a marriage for a long time. It was all fine, and then suddenly he started going to gothic parties and. Um, picking the wrong friends and becoming very negative to me and uh, he started yelling at me every day and um, I went to the doctor with him and I said he's depressed and can can we talk about it and well he didn't want to really work on it so we tried relation therapy after he hit me once and um, the, the psychologist said well he doesn't really want to save your marriage but I did. And uh, so I tried and I tried. And then he hit me again a year later. And then I talked to my best friends about it. And we talked the four of us and didn't help. And then he hit me a year later. He hit me again. But it was so bad that I was bleeding. And I called the police. And he heard me calling the police on the phone. So he left. And then the police said, I fainted. And when the police came, finally, half an hour later, I had woken up. Luckily, so I could open the door and they said, well, you really have to leave because you're going to die next time. So I left, uh, left everything, no money, nothing. I was on the street for three days and then um, I was uh, uh, I was in this crisis center and they helped me find a house and a job. And I started all over again from scratch, but my PR company was down and I couldn't warn my clients or anything. So it was very hard to, you know, try and contact them again, explain to them what happened. And uh, yeah, it's, wow. it's really about trust because they don't it trust is. you anymore when you leave like that. <laughs> exactly. And it's such a challenge to get up and go ahead and leave when, yeah. when you know it so well, but yeah, it's going to be so much better for your health and, and living. So yeah. it was a great decision, but it's a challenge for anyone to leave an abusive relationship. 
Yeah. And even if you're a high, highly educated like me, you feel ashamed to tell anybody that you let somebody hit you, even if it's once a year, you know, it's really hard, actually harder than maybe for someone who hasn't got a high education because you think, well, you're intelligent. You won't let anybody hit you. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's different, I think. It impacts all, all um, walks of life. It really does. All social classes, all yeah. races, all religions. It, there's always there's always abuse, right? And then we have the shame behind it and we don't want yeah. to talk about it, um, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I like doing the show because it, we have to talk about this stuff, right? There's other yeah. women out there who are running a business and might be in the same situation that you were several yeah. years ago, right? So yes. how did you, how did you get, you know, cause you said it impacted your business and your clients because you weren't able to reach out to them. How did you start over from a business perspective? What, what gave you the drive to continue and, and, and how did you recover from that? Well, I really like helping people. So I thought, well, I have a job now. It was a secretary job and I started saving money and I bought a laptop and I started my company again. And um, I found out that there are many CEOs who really are in trouble at the moment because their way of leading people doesn't work anymore. And so I tell them to put more love into their work. And when the COVID started and I saw that many people were depressed, I started spreading love, not only individually, like healing people, but also I started a website and it's called the soft revolution of love. And I interviewed Marisa for it. That's why she knows me. And uh, I, I just had these words coming into my head and it were the following words. We are all one. We are all love. And our souls are like drops in an ocean. And when you make a wave on one side, you feel it on the other side. So let's make a wave of love around the world every day. That's beautiful. I love that. So when you talk about bringing love into the business, right, it's easier to do that when you're a coach, right, or, or you have a consultant business like you and I. Uh, how do you do that when you're a big corporation? What kind of advice would you give for maybe a larger corporation uh, who doesn't really know where to start to bring love into the organization? Well, the image was freezing, so... Uh, I missed part of your sentence. Yes, we've had it? some internet issues here. Um, how, 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 for a corporation, schedule. right, for the, for, uh, you know, when you're a coach or you have, or you're a consultant, it's easy to bring love into your practice and what you do. But when you're a big corporation, what kind of steps can a company take to, to bring love into their organization? Because they probably have nowhere, uh, don't know where to start. Yeah, first they have to start listening to their employees and uh, taking their place literally, you know, go to the factory and do the work of one of those men one day and see what happens and, and see that the people are really appreciating that, that you try to be in their moccasins, in their shoes. And then um, if there's no good communication top down or bottom up, try to, I try to uh, do research within the company and I if they don't have a, a magazine for the employees I start one up for them so the communication starts going and the love starts flowing 
I like that a, a newsletter, right? It's the old school bulletin board where you're sharing, sharing community stories. Um, yeah, and ideas. They can share ideas, and when they have improvement ideas, uh, they can win a dinner for two, for example. And uh, well, I, I had many uh, ideas, and I would, you know, just talk to the CEO and say, "Listen, this is your message to the outside world. What's your message to your employees? And do they even really know?" what your message is and why don't we combine a writing HR and a PR strategy together and not just a PR strategy or an HR strategy because I studied both I studied HRM and PR I'm a bachelor so you have to align the two right what's your public yeah. image and what's your internal image because if they're yeah. not aligned that's that's how the bad reputations come out because your employees are going to talk negatively yeah and you cannot really repair a negative image so you have to just prevent it you have to take care of your employees you have to give them nice bonuses and if you can't tell them why and you know leave them a little bit of freedom give them give them a chance to develop um, there was this uh, ceo and it wasn't one of my clients but he gave their, his employees more, freed, more freedom and he told them, well, you can come in anytime you want in the morning. When you have children, you have to take them to school. You know, you can determine your own hours. And they started even working more hours instead of having to clock and tick and, you know, count every minute and leave exactly at five. No, they left at six because they could start a little later or, or they worked the weekend and they couldn't work on Monday. It was more flexible, it was, it was better. Right. People, people want to work for a company they value when they're more motivated and, and when they have inspired leadership to put that level of effort in, they're going to, they're going to put in more hours. It's just a given, right? But when they don't appreciate you, it's just not going to happen, right? They're going to be counting the, the minutes until it's, you know, they have to punch out. Yeah. And there was a, a boss who had a, a nice sports car and he went on vacation for two weeks and he gave one of the employees the opportunity to drive in his car for two weeks. Well, that's great stuff. Oh my goodness. Wow, that's a that's a really nice perk there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just the little things, right? Um, yeah. What, what advice would you give to an employee who's working for an organization who may feel like they're not appreciated? Uh, I would start uh, by talking first to the HR person, and then maybe even to the CEO. I did that already when I was 17. I was hired for my first um, job as a telephone answerer. <laughs> I had 20 lines. And um, I had to also stamp um, stamps on envelopes and, and answering the telephone at the same time. So I went to the boss and I said, listen, it's easier if I have a headset, so I have my hands free. So. The next year I came back for the summer job and they had a headset and he listened to me and it's only little things, but he also gave me the summer job for the secretary of him personally who, who left for a vacation. So I suddenly had two jobs in the same summer with the same company because he trusted me and I thought I had good ideas. That's great. I love it's that. It's great that it's great to have, uh, great feedback i think that helps in mental health so much that people can be grateful to other people about yes. the work they do because a lot of times we try to be grateful for ourselves however it's good to feel that praise especially if it's done right when you too yeah 
And I really want to thank one person in particular, which is Sydney Thompson of the Wintrade Global Business Women's Network. Um, I joined that network two years ago, and it's a worldwide network. It's set up by her mom, Dr. Yvonne Thompson, and she is a PR person, and it's a great network, and she has helped me so much by motivating me and getting me out of dips and giving me great affirmations. And even I met my co-host in that network. It's a women's network, but he's a man. So men are allowed in there too. His name is Joel Stewart. <laughs> and Joel Stewart and me are co-hosts now of Mir and Joel's Health and Wellbeing Cafe. And we are having a podcast, 20 minutes audio once a month. And we interview people about environment, sports, because he's a sports teacher as well, um, about health, well-being. We have mindfulness quotes, music. It's great. That's great. I love it. I think we lost Neil. Um, but yeah. we are, that's so great. Thanks for sharing that. Where can people find you? Uh, on Buzzsprout, Mir and Joel's Health and Wellbeing Cafe. And we also have a Wix site. So if you can put the links in your little piece about yes. me, people can find it. Absolutely, we will. Well, thank you for being on the show, Mir. It's always a pleasure. I, I love talking with you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marisa. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.